At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth now. Am I Reister or am I wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And you know this is the Pac-12 Apostles, the final season. Not the final season of us talking about college football and all whatnot. But uh, we may have to go through a rebranding. And you guys can hit us up. I'm Matt. I-M-M-A-D at unafraidshow.com. And, of course, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. So, you know. So we can find you. <laughs> and of course, um, yeah, hit us up by any medium. Twitter at Pac-12. Was it? Pa- uh, yeah, at Pac-12 Apostles. And uh, yeah, so here we are. Now, the last two episodes, we have covered the, the Pac-12 demolition derby that has happened. But... We will this episode, we're going to cover that just a teeny tiny bit and get to the previews for because we are what? What is it? August 16th. We are 10 days away from football games, which is amazing. But uh, to like backtrack for a second to where we were. You know, the conference is broken apart. Stanford, Cal, Washington State and Cal. Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State don't have a home yet. They are searching vigorously and furiously to find a place to land and to live. And that is going to be financially responsible. They have hired a consultant in in, uh, Oliver Luck, who was one of the finalists, apparently, for the Pac-12 commissioner job. So I wonder if they if they believe that they hired the wrong man. Now, if since they're going to go get a consultant. And let's start there, Ralph, because it seems like the Pac-12 has hired more consultants than anybody ever in the history of consultancy. 
Yes. Yes. And and uh, that's been one of the really, really frustrating things as a Pac-12 fan, as a Pac-12 observer, is you you figure you appoint a commissioner and then they have, you know, like the president of the Pac-12 network, they have the people around them, that they would have the ability to get things done. But it always seemed like when it came down to it, they just had to hire more people. It's like that scene from Elf where uh, they printed a, a, a Christmas book with two pages missing. And they had to get a new book out before the Christmas holiday. And so James Kahn brings in his two writers, I think played by Andy Richter and, and Kyle Gass. And he's like, all right, pitch me. We got We got to come up with a children's book before Christmas. And Kyle Gass and Andy Richter pitch him hiring Miles Finch as a consultant. So he's like, my top team, my two crack writers come in here and their idea is to hire another writer yes <laughs> and he's like brilliant i love it <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh which leads to one of the greatest movie scenes of all time of of uh, of miles finch beating up will ferrell's uh character the whole angry little elf thing but that's just what it reminds me of it's like you you assume that these people are experts they know they're not um so they go to these outside agencies one of the big frustrating things when it comes to hiring consultants ends up being you know when when it just so happens that the consultant that you're funneling hundreds of thousands of dollars to happens to be like a friend of yours. So let's get yes, into the history. Of this Larry Michael bit. Scott style. Right, right. And, and George Klyavkov jumped in on that boat as well. Um, but let, let's get in on this. Uh, in 2018, the Pac-12 hired Fleischman Hilliard, a world-class crisis management firm, to help improve its messaging. Um, and remember, this is the same uh, consultancy that like helped um, Michigan State's brand after the whole Larry Nasser thing. Uh, they had to hire a consultancy called Sibson Group to audit what was going on with Pac-12 officiating in the wake of the, I believe, the Wazoo-USC debacle. Um, they hired the Rain Group to explore an equity sale uh, to try to infuse money into the conference by selling off 10% of it. Failure. That didn't work. Um, and then Jeff Hunt who wrote a book on like how to handle crises in the digital age that had a blurb on it. You know, those blurbs that you get from your friends about how, what a great book it is and people should buy it had a blurb on it from Larry Scott. Jeff Hunt was friends with Larry Scott and was always hanging around the PAC 12. And that used to frustrate the, the PAC 12 presidents, the PAC 12 presidents in 2020 explored hiring their own consultant on the TV deal that would report directly to them and go around Larry Scott. So they're not admitting that Larry Scott's not the right guy for the job, but they want to hire a consultant that has nothing to do with Larry <laughs> Scott. Um, and I'm sure that there have been plenty more, but w the interesting one that happened um, recently was George Klyavkov hired. Uh, I believe his name is Doug Perlman. What? Uh, to, to help negotiate. So this is like last November or something like that. Uh, so in, in 2022, George Klyavkov hired Doug Perlman uh, from a boutique, I believe it's called WMA, uh, a boutique media rights uh, group um, to try to get this done, to try to push uh, the, the ball over the end zone to get this, this done after USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving. It just so happens that Doug Perlman, graduated from the same law class uh, in 1993 at University of Virginia as George Klyavkov. So the Pac-12 is just continuing to funnel money to 
uh, friends of friends. And now they bring in uh, the pack four brings in Oliver Luck as a consultant to see what they can do moving forward with George Klyavkov still technically in the driver's seat, even though it's just a seat sitting in the road. It's not even part of the car. Um, and, and uh, that, that is also very interesting to me. Um, but this, this whole like consultancy culture, hiring friends, Larry Scott, you know, funneling money to his friends, George Klyavkov funneling money to his friends, none of which got anything done. Um, yep. the, the, the consultancy firm that they funneled money to, to try to get them an equity buyer. Oh my gosh. I hope that consultancy firm doesn't promote the PAC 12 as one of their clients because that was an ultimate failure. And I hope that, uh, Doug Perlman on his WMA website, isn't trying to tout being hired by the PAC 12 as anything special because obviously his failure, um, their combined failure led to the, the dissolution of, of the conference completely. Yeah, it, it, it was, I should should we change businesses and be like, yeah, we're gonna be be, be consultants because you clearly don't have to actually do anything. I will fail for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely, that sounds like a great business. Wow, wow. Um, but there's so much that goes into this, right? So there, there's a consultant culture, and those teams are still left floundering and trying to figure out where they are. But I found it interesting and frustrating that all the people now who are coming out to talk about all the failures of the Pac-12 and how they they blew it and the missteps. And I promise you, Ralph, as much Pac-12 content as we consume, read, podcast, all of this stuff – was there anybody else screaming from the mountaintops and screaming for help and and calling the alarm? All of these people with all this re- revisionist history, like calling calling more than us here, or even calling for it at all. Uh, I you know I think that the general public had a basic understanding that this conference was non functional. Um, when it when it comes to to people that are in um, positions to speak on behalf of the conference, you know, if if they're a media member and they're getting inside information, they're getting it from somewhere. And you have to understand that wherever they're getting it from is going to have some type of agenda um, on their own. You know, you have connections. I have connections. But but I wasn't going to listen to anybody whose financial future depended on any any outcomes and what's interesting is we've now entered the era in which everybody wants the obituary for the Pac-12 to mention that they weren't the bad guy. Yes. And so you have John Canzano coming out and saying like, hey, uh, Arizona had no intention of going to the to the Big 12. And, and I'm like, how? They accepted surprise. it the night before. Right. And, and then you have Jason Shear saying, I don't, I, and like Jason Shear literally reported that he did not believe John Canzano had a source at Arizona, which is a pretty he- heavy accusation to make. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty here. heavy accusation. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm just, yeah. I'm just telling you what these two dueling uh, uh, sources are, are, are reporting. And, and Jason Shear saying that, um, that Arizona, uh, was was willing to go to the Big 12 without Arizona State while leading Michael Crow on. Um, meanwhile, there's, you know, uh, people saying that it was Michael Crow responsible for, like, 
leaking out there that Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State were all tied at the hip. Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, came out today and said all of his conversations with the corner schools were independent. That it was not something that he was worried about whether they'd come as a group or not. He was just worried about expansion and doing what was best for the Big 12. So if that was just Colorado, it was just going to be Colorado. If it was all four corner schools, it was going to be all four corner schools. But he knew that he had the authority to offer a full share to all four schools. He negotiated with them independently, and he would have taken Arizona and not Arizona State. And then you have uh, Arizona President Robert Robbins coming out this week and saying, we showed up to the, the meeting ready to sign away in blood the grant of rights to Dude, that was Apple so TV. extra. That was so extra. Sign away in blood. We were ready to sign away. In, you, you liar. You, I mean, I, I, and I don't understand because it's funny because Oregon seems to, to like be very DGF about this because they don't even, they haven't even responded with any messaging about, Oh yeah. Like you are, you know, like you guys are the ones who destroyed the conference. They're like, whatever, bro. That's the interesting thing is that the Arizona schools, um, the Arizona schools seem very intent on not being held responsible or culpable in any way for the breakup of the conference. Michael Crow has has said publicly that they were the last stalwarts fighting for the Pac-12 survival and that they were fully willing to um, – to to sign that grant of rights, the Star Trek 23rd century deal they were going to get from, from Apple TV. Uh, John Canzano reported, I believe that two schools signed on Thursday night, the night before Um, makes me wonder if Arizona state was one of them. Um, But that the only reason this didn't happen uh, is that Oregon and Washington didn't show up to the meeting, but we know Brett Yormark saying he had conversations with Arizona state so that they had a fallback plan. Uh, Jason Shear reported all along that Arizona was ready to go. Colorado did go. Um, no one should have been blindsided by that the way they were with U- USC and UCLA. Yeah. This, I, this idea it was, it was obvious. Washington like nobody fault. snuck out the door. Do you believe, do you honestly believe that all nine schools would have signed that Apple TV deal if Oregon and Washington showed up the morning of? No. No. Do you believe that Oregon and Washington used what they knew about the Apple TV deal to create a better situation for themselves in the Big Ten in which they can borrow against future earnings to make up for travel costs in which their, you know, three-fifths share is more than you would be getting uh, if you had jumped to the Big 12 instead? Um, do, do you think that they were using that as a negotiating tactic to yes. secure a better place for themselves? Do you yes. find anything wrong with that? No. What are you supposed uh, are, are you just supposed to say, oh, they gave me an offer. R- Ralph, if so, uh, let's, let, let's say for, for Arizona varsity or whatever. If somebody offers you a deal for Arizona varsity, and then another company offers you a deal for Arizona. Well, actually, yeah, and and you're like, ah, I don't know. And then another company offers you a deal for Arizona Varsity. Are you not going to leverage those two deals to get the best deal? 
My wife might. I'm an idiot. You know me. So, <laughs> like, I'm, you know, you know me. You know me. I probably, I probably go with the person who was nice to me. You know, but no, I'm not. Dude, absolutely I'm not. not. The most, I am saying you, you've had you it just in in the years of our friendship, you've had to repeatedly lead block for my inability to be like uh, uh, a smart business person, and I and I appreciate you for that. But I agree with you that a normal person would absolutely uh, want to make sure even, that they got the best deal possible. Yeah, but yeah, but even if you want to be at one of the two places, right? Even if you took less, you're going to tell them, "Hey, yo." This other yes. company is offering me uh, this. I need you like, yes. you know, and then they come up and you're like, OK, cool. I'll I'll uh, take your deal. I don't want that deal anyway. I just needed a better deal here. Yeah. And I mean, I, I was talking to my dad yesterday and, um, you know, they're in the process of moving to South Dakota. So they got an apartment while they wait for their property to be built out. And they've been in their apartment for one year. The, the apartment manager came to them and said, we're going to up your rent by 300 bucks a month. Uh, and my dad said, no. And then they came back to him with an offer of keeping his rent the exact same. <laughs> so, like, you know, you you do have the ability to negotiate. And I don't fault um, Washington and Oregon for doing that. Do you think that Washington's president coming out and saying that that the best part about this being that you could get out after two years shows how bad of a deal it was? Yes, Yes. If, if, if you're like, Hey guys, Hey guys, if you don't love it, you can leave in two years. That's not a selling point. Right. That's not a selling point. When, when the, when in two years, you're going to be like, Oh, where do we, which way do we go? No, bro. Teams wanted security. And I understand that now. um, Now the question is though, is, when you look at the reports is that it is one of the biggest questions that I had. And I saw Jeff Schwartz talk about it too, is why the conference was worth more as parts than it was together in okay. terms of average um, amount per, per school, Oregon and Washington way over 30 million uh, the big the corner schools going to the Big Ten are getting thirty one point seven, but together they weren't worth that. Up, apparently to the TV networks. So, but then we come to find out that ESPN, Fox, and CBS all bid on small portions, and yes. Kliakoff never presented that to the presidents. I think his assumption was that they wouldn't want any part of it. The CBS bid was just for a few basketball games. Um, you know, yeah, but you I mean, could have pieced this whole thing together to make the money work. Yeah, I, I, I personally feel like the tiny bids were, uh, were an attempt at destabilization, especially the one from Fox, to basically yes. tell you to let you know you're not worth all that. You're not worth all that. Like, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you a couple bucks. And and so what that should have been was a humbling moment for for George Klyavkov, and maybe it was, you know, which ultimately led you know to him presenting the the Apple TV deal. Um, I will say this: a lot of people are blaming Fox. Um, Rupert Murdoch, back in you know uh, over ten years ago now, decided that that his networks all around the world were going to go all in on live sports. They were going to bid big, they were going to bid heavy, and they were going to own big portions of the market. 
one thing that somebody in that business is going to want is they are going to want the time windows. Yes. Right. So getting USC and UCLA was the, was the thing for them that they wanted. They wanted to get into that Pacific time zone. Uh, I cannot fault Fox for wanting to get into the Pacific time zone. I can't. Um, Now, you know, should Rupert Murdoch, should Fox executives care about uh, tradition or should they care about winning and beating their competitors? You know, that that's not really something that in, in a capitalist society you're ever going to, you you know, if you have an opinion that's contrary to they should want to win, it's not one that you're ever uh, going to gain any ground on. However, however, one thing they definitely don't want is they don't want people going to nonlinear options. Yep. Everybody was invested in Apple TV not gaining any ground here. So you would figure that somebody would come in with some type of bid, but everyone knew that the writing was on the wall. They didn't even have to bid. So if every TV network who is being threatened by the idea of Apple TV getting a foothold wouldn't even come in and put a serious bid in, they knew you were cooked. Yep. yep. They knew. It, so how did you not know? How it was like Roman stalling you out, bro. It It, it was... The slow death. And that's where the frustrating part is that everybody's like, oh, here's all the mistakes that were made. We have been saying this and screaming the urgency since ESPN signed the deal with the Big Ten Network. I'm no, no, I'm sorry, with uh, the SEC. When they signed that, I was like, bro, the Pac-12 is in a major crisis right now. If you remember that. Because I said that they're going to talk, that they're taking up all the air in the room on ESPN and on and on ABC. All the air in the room. So you better get to CBS. You better get in with Fox. That should have been priority number one. They're like, we got to get you, you don't negotiate these things until a year out. OK, you keep on waiting. And they're like, these contracts are airtight with the Pac-12 networks. And, bro, do you know the Pac-12 networks? I've been in business a long time. When you find a way to make people more money, they're like, oh, that contract? Oh, don't worry about that contract. Well, if, if, if you can find a solution for them that is easier and makes them more money, they will absolutely sign up for that. All these presidents, these presidents didn't break sweat. They didn't get their hands dirty. They don't have any calluses. All they had to do was show up on a Zoom meeting and e-sign something. The presidents did not work hard. They put in no work on this. It really all fell to Yeah, but uh, they're not George the experts on it. It's the, That's what I'm saying. They're not the experts on it. They're like, we'll, we'll no, they're listen not. to the commissioner. They, they right. are academic people the majority of the time. When in reality, speaking of consultants, they hired a consultant to even get George Klyavkov in the building in the first place. So, you know, they, they didn't even trust themselves to come to me- together to, to make a decision. But like George, they the Pac-12, George Klyavkov in particular, went to NBC three times. That's what's been reported. That they more than anything wanted to try to get NBC involved. And three different times NBC was like, no, thank you. Yeah, nah. I mean, like, we want Stanford versus Notre Dame, but that's pretty much it. The um, one place where jo- John Canzano and Jason Shear are together is reporting that the that that the Pac-12 president group 
rejected an offer for $30 million per school after USC and UCLA left from ESPN. But what Jason Shear is reporting is that Kirk Schultz from Washington State was the leader in rejecting that deal. So it makes it kind of hard to feel sorry for Washington State if that's true. Yeah. They were because then ESPN went and and uh uh when they got a counter offer from the Pac-12 presidents which was over 40 million, they didn't even counter. They just went to the Big 12 and inked them to the deal that the corner schools are now a part of. Yep. Yep. Had it, now you sometimes you overplay your your hand and they overplayed their hand and it's like i don't think that they realized the the national perception problem that the pac12 really had they're like yeah we're we're, we're the conference of champions this 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 bro national because you are not available and yes. you are not a partner with ESPN where they own half of the SEC network and Fox owns half of the Big 12. They are going to promote you more. Even if it's even if it's an unconscious bias, it's just the truth. So that that was, you know, terrible as well. And now according to Brett Yormark, they are stopping the expansion. They're done. So that leaves out Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Washington. I'm sorry, and uh, Oregon State. And now they're trying to merge with the AAC or the ACC. Like they're they are scrambling for lifelines, and that may look like, according to Wilner, that that could be 15 million dollars per school if they merge with the AAC. And now. That is for the AAC schools. They're like, hey, can we get this done? Please sign us up. We were getting like four million. Hell yes, we will take it. Don't even no, no. We love it. We love it. <laughs> you, yeah. you would have no problem getting them to sign that grant of rights. But for Cal, Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State, that's a significant revenue loss. And you got to figure out a way to get back a, at a seat at the big boys table, which is which is not good. So the financial, you know, of a Pac-12 rebuild, the good news is, is that if they stay together, they have all those basketball credits to like help subsidize money. Yeah, $60 million in basketball credits that the other teams left. So that's good news. So could we move forward with one year of a pack four? No. We look for teams to. I mean, I guess technically you could, but who the hell are you going to play in 2024? How? I, and I'm talking about like every single sport, not not even just football. How are you going to find nine other? Well, so so they already have a non-conference schedule, which may remain untouched. So that's three, six. How are you going to find six other games? Six. Right, right. Six other football games. And then for your other sports. Some of which would include like pretty hardcore travel for other people to come to you. Yep. So you might have to have some pay games. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So you're, you're not going to be able to put a schedule together close enough to be able to be anything good. And then also none of the other conferences are incentivized to help you. 
What about, okay, so I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life because we know why Notre Dame is independent. It has to do with uh, the fact that uh, a huge chunk of this country in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s grew up Catholic. The the loyalty is generational, and there's a reason that they can be on NBC, and there's a reason that they can get that money directly. People talking about Stanford going independent, I don't get it. Unless you're going to give your broadcast away for free so that people will actually watch, Stanford doesn't have a loyal audience base. It's why it was not included in the conferences trying to break apart the Pac-12. Exactly. So what Stanford can't be independent. That's not even an option on the table for them. They have to be packaged with Cal. And now you have the Mountain West is starting to wage a campaign to absorb um, at the very least, Washington State and Oregon State. You had Wyoming's basketball coach come out this week and say the Mountain West is actually a better hoops conference than the Pac-12 was. They got eight teams into the tournament in the last two years. The Pac-12 only got seven. And mm. adding Oregon State and Washington State would only make the Mountain West that much more of a force in basketball. So you already have people trying to trying to pick at the bones and advocate. And what I, what I don't want for the remaining Pac-12 teams, the Pac-4, is for them to get drunk on the idea that they have any type of leverage. Oh, yeah. Because, because they, you thinking you had any type of leverage is the reason you're homeless, right? Well, now. They, they have leverage with the AAC a little bit. But with the Mount, Mountain West, the Mountain West ain't even there like, all right, bro. Like um, they, they, they are operating from a position of strength because their, their teams can't leave. It's too cost prohibitive to, to leave right now. And no one in the Mountain West is scared. Like you, you had uh, you had uh, Robert Turpin, former Utah State running back, on your show just a couple of nights ago, and you asked him if adding Oregon State and Washington State would be bad for Utah State because it just knocked them further uh, from 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 the top of the pile in the Mountain West. And he was like, "No, man, those are two solid ladder rungs for us to climb." <laughs> like he, that nobody nobody in the Mountain yeah. West is worried. They, they say if we if we get you, we get you. We've been getting you in out-of-conference games anyway. Yep. All right. Now on to the business at hand because we are 10 days away from football. Hooray. And, oh, wow. Don't, don't be a fuddy-duddy, man. Have some <laughs> excitement. So the first AP poll came out, and my immediate reaction, of course, as an Oregon fan, I'm like, really? Really, bro? Really? Okay, I'm going to stop you real quick. Is this the Pac-12's Make-A-Wish season? Oh, the, to, to, the, it actually sucks because this is the best the Pac-12 has been in quite some time. Yes. And so they're like, getting national respect. Is this a trip to Disneyland before a... Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, I'm my sorry. God, that, that the Pac-12 is terminally <laughs> ill, and now yes. that they're going to get a chance to run on the field with all well, their we favorite teams. We know it's going to be a good-ass time. Like, this is the most excited I've ever been for a Pac-12 season, but also... It's the end. And yeah. that's what I was thinking about this morning. I was like, is this our make-a-wish year? Damn. So you got USC at six behind Georgia, Michigan. Georgia's schedule is shit. So so is Michigan's. It's gross. Um, Which poll are you looking at right now? The AP poll. Okay. So you got uh, Georgia. So you got USC at six. Washington at 10. Utah at 14, Oregon at 15, 
Oregon State at 18. So you got five Pac-12 teams inside the top 18. Four inside the top 15 and two in the top 10. And UCLA at 28. Yeah. This, this ain't bad, brother. This ain't bad. But the problem is that as soon as games start getting played and conference games start getting played, oh, my God, the Pac-12, they, they're, they're ruining their chances because there are so many good teams, so there is going to be some attrition as opposed to a team like Georgia who where Georgia, Alabama, and LSU are in the same you know, conference, guess how many of those teams uh, – well, Georgia, I'll just tell you, Georgia doesn't play Bama. They don't play LSU. And, and you're, you're like, hold up. They do play Tennessee. But you're like, hold up. How the hell – or is is this team supposed to be the national champions and all this stuff? And they do play Ole Miss. So they have two teams that came in ranked in the top 25 on their schedule. Two. And then their non-conference games are against UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia Tech. It's good to be king. <laughs> I can't. All this stuff was set far in advance, so like. Oh, don't give me. Oh God, that, that like like Georgia hasn't been recruiting at a high level, but it, it, well, it I'm also that this 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 was set prior to Georgia winning two national championships. Yes, but not Georgia's prior to Georgia being, but not prior to Georgia being one of the top recruiting ranking schools in the country every year. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. So Georgia is absolute bums for this schedule. It, it, it is embarrassing. But we got Pac-12 business to handle. Pac-12 business to handle because we don't play no games in this final season. If you're going to do it, then do it big. Does and, it bother you that the AP poll is the exact same as the Pac-12 uh, preseason media poll? Like the top six, they're all in the top 28 or in the exact same order. No, no, because so it, do, it doesn't it doesn't bother you that Oregon's fourth. Uh, Outside of any motivation that it might bring your ducks. No, you feel like it's a little it's okay. it's it's weak, but because they would have no problem putting all four SEC teams in the top 10 if it were the same situation. None. But. You know, these non-conference things, these non-conference games have to get done. Washington cannot lose to Michigan State. They cannot, under any circumstances, lose to Michigan State. That would be a, a disaster. And they can't lose to Boise State either. How about that? How about that? Is, non-conference is as important as it's ever been for the whole conference this year. Yeah. USC is not going to have any problem with their first two games, or they shouldn't with San Jose State and then Nevada. Uh, Oregon State has San Jose State, UC Davis, and San Diego State. So you know, it, if they if all of these teams are undefeated coming out of the non conference, you're going to have four Pac-12 teams in the in the top twelve by the time Week Four rolls around. 
That's important. Boom. That's important. Yang, 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 yang. I'll take it. Um, so we wanted to go through the teams. And um, and we usually and Ralph taught me that the best way to do this was alphabetical order. So, <laughs> oh God, and we still haven't learned it, and we don't have to learn it because the conference died. So, yep. So, well, actually, first thing, who do you predict will win the Pac-12 this year? Ah, uh, it's interesting because it, there's well, so well, many- I should say the two teams that play in the conference game and and your winner. Yeah. So it's interesting because I'm seeing different picks from all over the place. Like, like people who you think would be in the know aren't even like close. Um, I think, uh, was it? Canzano has like Oregon state and. Oh, that's wishful thinking. Wilner has Washington in the college football playoff playing against Utah. Um, it's, it's been really, really interesting to go from, um, but but I, I think everybody wants there to be some type of surprise this year. And to me, yeah, everybody wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if Oregon State won it? All well, right. first of all, yes, that, yes, that, it 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 would be like there would be a million reasons to be excited about that. A million reasons. But to me, it's still talent is destiny. And I get that this is a quarterback league or whatever, but there's a full roster. There's a full roster that you have to account for. It's very simple to me when I look at it. This is Oregon and USC. Yep. Why why tinker? Why try to get cute? Why try to be the one with the We're going to have a replay for the the Pac-12 championship. It's either going to be Oregon-Washington or Oregon-USC. And either, either way, give me the ducks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm a little bit, con- I'm a, <laughs> and this isn't to appease you because you know I don't care. I'm a little bit confused by the Washington hype. What do you mean? I mean, well, their 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 offense is outstanding. Michael is. Penix Jr. is is special. Their wideouts are really good. They got a first round wideout on there. Now I do think their defense is going to be a, a troublesome. <laughs> it's going to be a trouble point. 
because it just has been, and that's not Kalen DeBoer's mo. And I and I think that it's going to bother Washington fans a little bit because they were used to this defense being like their their thing. You know what I mean? Like we're DB, yeah. we're one of the DBUs. We are special on defense. So I think that that's going to be a little bit of an emotional getting used to for Washington fans. And not like not to get ahead of ourselves or whatever, because we're going to go team by team on this. But I look at this Washington team. I'm like, oh, they really could win 10 games. Yes. I'm hearing other people be like, if they lose a game, it's a disappointment. Well, first of all, we got to get away from that completely because they're going to lose. It's the and starting that. next season, they will lose more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not to say they can't win the Big Ten or something like that. But I'm just saying when like you, you are destined to lose more when your competition is better. Like there's if the like the Big Ten playing nine conference games next year is going to be rougher because you are going to get your your three West Coast teams, which are elite, and then you're gonna get like there's no like like you're not gonna avoid Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. You're you're not gonna avoid all three of those. So, yeah. so, so you're gonna have at least five ranked teams on your schedule, probably, bro. That's wow. and they were talking about the gauntlet, bro. That's the real gauntlet. That that's gonna be the gotcha gotcha. So I'm locking it in USC Oregon. You're locking it in same. Mm, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go USC Oregon. I think it's that they they play early in the season. They play early enough in the season that a good game could be that then they both finish undefeated. Well, one finishes undefeated, one finishes with one one loss, or they both have one loss headed into the conference championship, and that one is for all the marbles for a trip to the conference to the college football playoff. You think we could get both quarterbacks on the Heisman stage? Oh, I think it is definitely possible that two. Pack 12 quarterbacks are on the Heisman stage. Yeah, they won't bring three. No. Because sometimes they only get four players total, but it would be pretty fun if it was just an all Pack 12. What did you say? Make a wish season. Yeah, this is the, yeah, why not? Why not dream big? Hey, oh we are gosh. we are coining that on Twitter. Make a make, wish and we got to put the little trademark Pack 12 make a wish season. This is one right, of so, those things when someone tries to cancel us for it. I'm not even going to say cancel culture. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you're right. Yep. All <laughs> right. So let's go with Utah. Let's let's start. Actually, yeah, let's start with Utah. You want to just start with, with the letter U? All right, whatever. Yep. We can do whatever we want. Yes, exactly. Um, right. So this year, they are returning Cam Rising. Yes. he's He appears to be healthy now. And this is a team that has won the conference the last two seasons, despite not necessarily being, you know, as sexy as you would like to like them to be in the recruiting okay. rankings, all of that. But Andy Ludwig, their officer coordinator, has done an incredible job. They obviously lost Dalton Kincaid, who is a member of who, the Buffalo Bills now? And, yes, and getting getting the most hype of anyone in the history of NFL rookies. Like, they're calling him Travis Kelsey. It, it, I can't wait for him to actually play in meaningful games because uh, the, it is getting out of control, the Dalton Kincaid hype. 
um, in the Northeast. Yes. Yeah, bro. It, it is. It is insane how how much it is. <laughs> but they are like this team has been last year. They ranked what eleventh in scoring at thirty eight point six points per game. Total offense was in the top twenty in the country. Yards per play twenty three. This this team. And I believe that their defense that was young last year is going to be better. This is going to be a good Utah defense. And I know that we didn't even mention them in the in the um, in terms of winning the conference. And we probably should have, because at what point in time can we discount Utah, the back to back champions? Uh, Right now, when I do it right now, um, they have a very hard schedule. So they play Florida and then Baylor. Yes. Will they win they, both of those games? No. Um, they're, they're beating both Florida and the, Baylor. The Vegas over-under on Utah is uh, eight and a half. I have them as an eight-win team. Do you? Think- so that means that they believe that they will lose to probably USC, Oregon, Washington, and either Florida or Baylor or Oregon State or UCLA? Or they're 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 counting on that splitting the money, bro. That's tough. I think they're an eight win team. I think it's hard to stay at the top of the mountain like that. We have, we haven't seen a lot of Pac twelve teams actually even do that. Um, Cam Rising has is three ACL tears deep, by my count. He's tore both his ACL and some cadavers ACL. At this point, I think he missed his senior season of high school. I think he he had the transition year from Texas to Utah, and I think it happened again last year. Um, that's not to say that I think it's going to happen again. I just think that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. Um, BYU fans who hate that Cam Rising gets any hype whatsoever have pointed out that he only has one win ever in an out-of-conference game against a Power 5 opponent. Damn. Um, so, you know, that's tough. Uh, but there are things about this Utah team that I like. Uh, obviously, they're bringing back some tight end talent. Um, offensive and defensive lines should be solid. Uh, Coach Shaw didn't go to prison. Only his wife did. So uh, the secondary should wow. remain strong. Well, first of all, I'm not even being cruel or incendiary. His wife took a plea deal, and the speculation on Real Housewives of Salt Lake, which I highly recommend to any Pac-12 fan, um, was that that it was possible that that plea deal was to 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 stop anybody else from you know that it was possible that the the district attorney was maybe threatening further indictments. Um, I think Coach Shaw is the coolest guy in the entire world. I don't think he had anything to do with um, swindling old people out of money. Um, but his wife's going to jail and serving time with Elizabeth Holmes. And, and I'm dead serious about this. I think without Coach Shaw, I think that secondary falls apart. That's how good of a coach I think he is. Um, is it scandalous to bring that up? It's just the truth. I don't, I don't know what else to say here. So um, I think that, that Utah is going to be solid all around. I do not believe that they have the playmaking ability uh, if, if they get down um, – to, to yeah, but they added Micah. Use. They added uh, what's his name? Uh, M- Micah Pittman. Everybody has had Micah Pittman. 
Everybody has added him for a year well, or two. And they he is have, good, though. He is yeah. good. And, and I, I think their biggest weapon on offense besides quarterback is going to be Jaquindon Jackson, the former quarterback who's now running back. Yeah. Yeah, he looks, he looks like he's going to be really good. Do you think – okay, so here's the deal. It, they're so front-loaded on this schedule. They open with Florida, and then they have Baylor. They got the in-state with, with Weber State, so that's not just going to be your typical cupcake. They're going to beat the hell out of them, but it's, it's going to take a little bit out of them. Then they got to turn right around, host UCLA, go to Reeser, host Cal, and then go to USC, uh, host Oregon, host Arizona State, and then Washington. They have like two guaranteed wins in their first 10 games. Yeah. Yeah. They have some tough stretches like that, like that October 21st, USC, then Oregon, then Arizona State and Washington. Bro, that's going to be a, a nightmare. And then I think, I think Arizona ain't even, Arizona ain't laying, laying down. No, especially because you got to go to Tucson for that. And that can always be tough. But I, I believe this, George. Like, this is my bold Utah prediction. Six and four going into that Arizona game. Oh. I think they clean up Arizona. They clean up Colorado. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. And you can give Ralph your thoughts. <laughs> I got a lot because of new Utah followers in the last couple of weeks. I'm, not, I'm sure that they're they're not going to enjoy it. But I... I I tell you what, if they're eight and two going into those last two games, then I will apologize. But I, 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 it's such a tough schedule. I don't think it's their fault. I don't think it's their fault. The schedule is. Just oh, you think that everybody else is just so damn good? No, I just I think it's the luck of the draw. I think in okay. the same way that you were like Georgia randomly ended up with like the most cupcake schedule ever, and with who they're missing. I think the exact opposite is happening to um, Utah. To Utah, I do, okay. and, and, and I, but I don't think anybody's going to be at fault for it. I think the offense is going to look good at times. I'm a big believer in Andy Ludwig. I think the defense. I think I think they're going to be physical. I think they're going to be solid. Um, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But you know they're replacing Clark Phillips. They're replacing Dalton Kincaid. Like they they're not. It's not like they didn't lose players. And I know we talk about this every year that they they just reload. Um, but this sustained development, it's going to be really tough. And they also have to uh, get used to playing some new offenses, new coaches, stuff that they might not be used to. Um, I just think it's it, there's going to be some hard knocks. Eight and four is where I have them. <sighs> That's tough. Now on to the Washington Huskies. The Huskies, who people are excited about. A bunch of people have them inside their top ten. Um, last year, their only losses were to UCLA, Arizona State, which was kind of surprising. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they had a lot of high-scoring games. They scored a, a quadrillion points. Uh, are you bullish on them this season because they played Boise, Tulsa, Michigan State? This is a good non-conference schedule at Michigan State. How do you feel about their non-conference schedule that starts on September 2nd? Uh, I think that it's solid enough. It's solid enough that if they actually do go on the in-conference run that, that, that people are thinking that it, that it could influence uh, people to say that they've, they would have maybe done enough if they go 11 and one get to play in a Pac-12 championship that they, they could get a spot. Um, 
somewhere else. The Vegas Insiders over-under on wins is nine and a half. Seems like everybody's taking the over on that, George. Yeah. See, the wild card to me. So, Boise State's always tough, right? But I think that Washington physically overmatches them. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Tulsa. Michigan State's the wild card. They lost their quarterback, Taylor Lewerke, to the transfer portal. They are, they play at Arizona, at Stanford, at USC. So USC is going to be, oh, and at Oregon State. In November at Oregon State. So that's going to be a foggy game at night probably on ESPN, like an 8 o'clock, like 7, or Fox Sports 1 at like an 8 o'clock kickoff. So Oregon State, USC could get sketchy. I'm sorry, yeah, USC, Oregon State could get sketchy. Hell, they got Utah too. Bro, their schedule is tough. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think that's a really good like set at at nine and a half. Um, I think they could finish the season maybe ten and three. So I I I will take the over. The interesting thing about them is they scored on everybody last year, right? They scored on everybody, but starting in week three last year, here's what they gave up: twenty eight, twenty two, forty, forty five, thirty nine, twenty one, twenty one, thirty four. Like they, everybody scored on them. Even even Washington State, who they dropped fifty one on, got thirty three. Yeah. They got three wins last year where they lost the turnover battle. Sheesh, that's not typical. No. So it if they're taking care of the football, and the defense improves, then they should be able to replicate what they did last year, right? Which was what an eleven win season. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, but they have to improve in both of those areas. Will they? That's that's really the big, um, yeah. To me, that that's really really the big thing, it, because the defense fell off, um, and 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 they they didn't always protect the ball. They didn't always protect the ball. They had, I think, a streak of five consecutive games where there was no turnover margin. And one of those, they they lost to, to Arizona State. So they didn't force a lot of turnovers last year either. You, so a lot of people think as Michael Penix goes, they go. But he can only do so much. Is he going to throw for 4,600 yards again? Yes, he will. Like, that's the thing is that, yes, he will. In Kalen DeBoer's offense, yeah. he will. Like, that's not even a debate to me. Because we – their their quarterback at Fresno State did it multiple years. Gosh, as an Arizona State fan and an Arizona State alum, you know what scares me most about this schedule? What? The idea that Washington could be like 10 and 0 going into a November game at Reeser. Late November game. <sighs> yeah, that's tough, bro. <laughs> because that's a scary that's a scary game. Because it's going to be a night November game. Is you know now. it's going to be a night game, and it's going to be foggy. Yeah. Yep. And you can find you've been, yourself you've in trouble. Victim, you, you've been victimized by the same thing, haven't you? I don't even remember that. <laughs> Your memory was, is foggy. Yes. Yeah, my memory is <laughs> foggy. All right. On to the USC Trojans. 
Number 10, well, they are inside the top 10. They are number six in the AP poll. The reigning, defending Heisman Trophy winner, the greatest quarterback prospect that we've ever seen in the history of life. The man who admitted that painting his nails was probably not a great idea, who has been fantastic at practice, unbelievable, the Superman of all Supermans, Caleb Williams. Now, can he play defense, though? <laughs> it doesn't matter, man, because UCLA or USC gets to go and pick who their players are. <laughs> you know that Pac-12 all-conference list comes out, and, and USC boosters just look at the second team, and they're like, all right, let's get to work. <laughs> they're like yeah let's get all these second teamers and bring them over here here's the best part the hype that you just gave caleb williams you weren't being sarcastic at all no and everything i just said about usc neither am i it's true they are like if rules were in place to actually like regulate the transfer portal uh usc might be in hell right now yeah they might have okay they might have more sanctions than they had when 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 Reggie think Bush about their their transfers that their notable transfers christian yeah. roland wallace who's one of ralph's favorite players because because he has a hyphenated name out of arizona <laughs> mason cobb from oklahoma state the linebacker who's a good player bear alexander from georgia Right. That's just on the defense. And then they got what they stole Washington State's lineman, Jared Kingston, Kingston. And they got Dorian Singer from Arizona because they raided Arizona, who is. Oh, one and of the-, the Dorian Singer thing is even funny because Caleb Williams at Pac-12 Media Day said that during the game, he looked at his coaches and said, are we going to go get him? Because he was going off. Yeah. And love it. Interestingly enough. Yes, that is exactly what they did. Yep. And then Marshawn Lori, the running back from South Carolina. Who is an absolute like hoss. Yes. This team is this team offensively is gonna be straight. Now, are is Alex Grinch going to be able to put together, like coordinate a good defense? Because yeah, pieces they should year, be better. At this time last year, we were talking about uh, um Grinch being the head coach of Arizona State. Uh and now we're talking about him being the weak link. It's amazing what a year's difference does for somebody's reputation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you know what is uh, – so USC has, you know, a bunch of people who are going to be projected on all Pac-12 teams and all of that stuff. So, you know, um, we shall see. So where, USC so, did give up 300 million points in their last seven games. I just want to throw that out there. 300 even, million. Even, even Colorado got 17 on them. UCLA scored 45. Utah got 47. Tulane got 46. Utah, Utah went over 40 twice on this team. That's how bad their defense was. So, you know, and but Lincoln Riley stuck by Alex Grinch. And, and so, yikes. That's hey, make man. or break, right? There's nothing wrong with sticking by your guy, bro. Nothing wrong with sticking by your guy. But if you're, if you're wrong, it is going to be hell to pay. And when you look at this schedule, where do you see losses besides at Colorado? Uh, the most dangerous I, I was game. joking. I was 100% joking. 
Right. But I, I mean, the most dangerous game is really October 21st. Before that, it, it feels like they could clean up. If they're struggling early on, that's a huge problem. But I think they probably go into their game against Utah undefeated. Yeah, uh, that Notre Dame game is not going to be like like it, it, it's not going to be that simple, bro. You keep forgetting that Caleb Williams exists. And no, I, I'm not I, forgetting that Caleb Williams exists. I'm just saying that that Notre Dame is going to be better. I, that, I'm just saying that that's the game that's going to be the first time that Heisman voters really get to tune in. San Jose State, that opening game, that opening game is on Pac-12 Network <laughs> for the defending Heisman winner. Yeah, I don't, I don't see a problem with that. Well, you should see what ESPN is playing at the exact same time. What? It's like Tulane and somebody. Oh damn! Yeah, it's, it's cold bloody. Yeah. Well. I think that that game is going to be so important because it's going to be the first time people are like, is Caleb Williams going to repeat or not? That's going to be the game to set the narrative at Notre Dame on October 14th. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So uh, I think that their only chance for losses are Notre Dame at Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, and Oregon. That's it. So what, what game on here could be sneaky? UCLA. That's it. Nothing else. Nothing yeah. else. Are are you gonna are you gonna give me any respect when Christian Roland Wallace is Pac twelve first team? Uh of course. But the way USC schedule is set up, they actually have two buys. They have a buy the last yeah. week of the season on November twenty fifth, which is actually terrible. I, I I hate when this happens. Because it gives, if they're in the conference championship, they get a week off, a week to get healthy, which is a, which is totally unfair. But yeah, I digress. All right, I think on to Pac-12 offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year off this roster. I think you're going to see Caleb Williams, Eric Gentry, in my opinion. Okay, um, I totally disagree because I think that the Pac-12 player of the year is going to defensive player of the year is going to come from Oregon. And uh, Jordan Jordan Birch. All right. Um, how are you gonna that, How are you gonna feel if it actually ends up being Justin Flo? <laughs> it, it it won't be. <laughs> it won't be. Okay. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, so you have the Oregon Ducks, who are 15 in the coaches. I mean, in the yeah, in the coaches poll and in the AP poll, they had their offense. They are rebuilding their offensive line because they graduated damn near the whole thing, but they reloaded with a transfer out of Rhode Island. Um, they have a big time freshman that was there that played some last year. And Oregon typically does a really good job with their offensive line. So I'm actually less worried about that than anything else. It's the it was like defense. Week, week 10 when Bo Nix got sacked for the first time, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> you, you know, they did a really good job. I mean, but the offensive line was veteran and all that stuff. Yeah. But they do a really good job with the offensive line. But they do have a new offensive coordinator. 
which is different than their last offensive coordinator, who's now the head coach at Arizona State. He was more run heavy, but I'm not sure if that's more who he is or whether that's more Dan Lanning's influence on the situation, whereas UTSA tends to throw throw the ball more, but that may be because they want to move fast and all of that because they have a talent de- deficiency against some of the people that they play against. So it'll be interesting to see how Oregon's new offensive coordinator breaks in with this with this team because their offense was really good last year, and their defense. They if they if Oregon does not get if they cannot pressure the quarterback. If they cannot get pressure without blitzing, they are going to lose to Washington and to USC for sure. And could be looking at a 9-3 season, regular season. But if they can get pressure on the quarterback without blitzing, they can run the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm – of everyone that was lost by any Pac-12 team – that actually made an impact because, I mean, USC lost a couple of players who were absolute world beaters, but, you know, the defense kept getting torched. I look at Christian Gonzalez, and I wonder if if that's Oh, yeah, because be he was good, bro. He was yeah. special good. Um, Kyrie Jackson could be uh, – I think he came in from Alabama, right? I'm rooting also for a Gary Bryant redemption story. Um, oh, up at Oregon, yeah, yeah, and he he's part of this Oregon defense. Uh, I think that they're much more dependent on their defense being functional to get them where they want to go um, than than I believe. You know, I think the offense is going to be fine. Um, I think Bo Nix is is coming in with more confidence and swag than he's ever had, except for maybe his senior year in high school. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think that'll give the offensive linemen some. Um, some confidence. It'll be fun to see Josh Carnley get on the field because he was a monster in high school, right? And if they can do with him what they did with Panay Sewell, um, that's going to be exciting to watch. Um, but, you know, they turned over some of the players on this defense. You know, Panay Sewell's gone, or not, not Noah Sewell's gone. Justin Flo, Flo is, in, is in Arizona. Christian Gonzalez is in the NFL. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they piece things together defensively. Uh, I think that game at Texas Tech, I'm, I'm fascinated by that because it's going to be in Lubbock. The crowd is going to be absolutely insane. Joey McGuire has a really good thing going on down there. And guess who the starting quarterback is of the Red Raiders, baby? Oh, it is your boy Tyler Shuck. Yeah, former Oregon Duck Tyler Shuck. So, so did I say uh, his name right? You did for the first time ever. Yes, you did. I, so- I, I was debating. I was like, <clears throat> Shuck, 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 Shuck. <laughs> I, just, I just guessed. It was 50-50. It's just so like I've I've had September 9th circled forever. Um and I'm not going to I won't be rooting against Oregon. Uh but I do want Tyler Shuck to play well in that game You I can know. root against them all you want to. It ain't going to help him, baby. It ain't going to help him. I'm still back the pack. I I I am. Uh, back the pack. Are you kidding me? I I I am back the pack guy, right? Yes. Done. Silver. Silver. I but- like I but the non-conference. But the thing, George, is the non-conference. You want everybody, even even if you're only pulling. Well, I should say yes, yes, I am. See, I'm back the pack. Like, 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 I want you fools to win your non-conference games. Yes, but I'm also saying we're mercenaries. So you know, <laughs> so so y'all do what's best for y'all. We'll do what's best for us. Just freaking, okay. just do your job. Just do your job. 
You're going so, full Al Davis. Just win, baby. Yep, just win, baby. And uh, yeah, so I like Oregon as we picked them in the uh, preseason uh, to be in the championship game. I think that this team is going to be underrated. The defense is going to be significantly better, I believe. Yeah. And with Bo Nix re- returning, if he's able to, um, if he's able to start and finish the season, bro, it, it is going to be absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Sign, sign me up, buddy. Who we got next? So, all right. Uh, the UCLA Bruins. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Only 10 more days of college fo- football, but only two more sleeps till high school football. Yes. Um, side note, I'm super excited. My son plays today. Yes. Let's get a win. Is uh, is his game on NFHS? I don't know. I don't know if they put JV games on there, but he's yes, they well, well, they do in California. So let me know. He's a Um, freshman on JV. They don't have freshman level out here, so I'm a little scared for him. But he's starting. Oh, look at Micah! All right, uh, UCLA. Who's going to be their quarterback? I mean, I who do I want it to be, or who's it going to be? Both. I'm ready for the Ethan Garbers era. I'm a big fan of the Garbers brothers. Chase was awesome at Cal. I would love to see Ethan get a shot here at UCLA uh, because it's just that much easier to then turn it over to your future if it's not working out. Um, well, but I, I and then you got Colin Colin Schley. Yeah. And yeah. Dante Moore. So yeah, who what, do you think it's reason? going to be? Dante Moore. <laughs> I don't think so. I th- I th- I th- I'm going Garbers to start their the opening game. Is if Garbers struggles at Coastal Carolina, they're going to have to do something. Now Chip Chip doesn't do that that fast. He'll give the no, man. He doesn't do anything fast except his offenses move fast. But it's a think about it. It's funny. Like we're like 16 months removed from Ben Bolch at the LA Times saying that Chip Kelly needed to be fired. Oh God. Hey man, and now with yeah. an inc- with a potential incoming freshman quarterback, people think they're a top thirty team. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Don't. Yeah. I, are this- you are you in any way sore at Dante Moore for changing his mind on Oregon? Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. There's at no point. You're, you're a divided household, right? Yes, wife's UCLA. I'm I'm with the good guys, <laughs> and so but 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 I you know I enjoy UCLA's success. I like Chip, all that. So yeah, so I don't I don't I know some of the players on our team. I want them to do well. I I mean I'm an Oregon fan, but me knowing so many kids now that are going to these schools, like I want the kids to have success as well. So I can enjoy the kids' success while while also saying, yes, yes, I do lean toward the uh, Ducks. But the question is, what is UCLA going to do with their, you know, at the wide receiver position? They lose Jake, Jake Bobo, Kashmir Allen, but they do get Kyle Ford, who transferred from USC. I like that. Yeah, and losing Zach Zach Charbonnet is a major deal, but they get 
TJ Harden, Keegan Jones, the the running back crew will be just just fine. Now Carson I think rushing for over a thousand yards. I believe. I believe Carson. I he was a monster at Ball State, and I know it's just Ball State, but five and a half yards of carry is no fluke. I think they're going to find a way to get him the ball a lot. Okay, so who do you? Their whole schedule depends on quarterback play because Coastal Carolina is not just going to be a pushover. Then they play at San Diego State, just like Oregon State. That's tough, bro. That's always tough. Like they're just a nuisance. And and they're going to be like, we should be in the Pac-12. You guys ruined it for us. And then you got, you know, at Oregon State, at Stanford, at Arizona, but they do avoid Oregon and Washington, which makes things significantly lighter. Yeah. Give me nine wins for UCLA. Wow. That would be huge. That would be huge. Um, I remember our biggest argument on this podcast was whether or not they would ever win an out-of-conference game. And and I look at Coastal Carolina and San Diego State, and I say if they could start 2-0, and then then you might be right. This could be a nine-win um Team, I, I think uh, what it comes down to for me is they went and got a defensive coordinator um, to replace Bill McGovern, who I believe passed away. Um, it's condolences to, to his family. But uh, De'Anton Lynn from the Ravens has never called a defense before. So they clung to Jerry as an RO for way too long. Way right? too long. Um, they go with McGovern. They instantly improve. And now they got to hire somebody who's never called a defense. And that is, that, that's my one thing that I, I, I worry about. I think, you know, there's going to be maybe some regression there. Um, I have UCLA as an eight win team. I don't think they're going to start two and oh, I think they're going to drop one of those first two. Uh, and coastal Carolina could really set them up for themselves up for a special season by winning on the road first game of the season. Um, and that'll get the whole Chip Kelly hot seat talk started again because, you know, you know that uh, there's people within UCLA that, that that say they don't want to take Chip Kelly to the Big Ten with them. Um, but if they handle business, then, you know, nine wins is going to be enough to to have people excited about a future of possibly having, you know, two more years with Dante Moore as a starter. Yep. Um, on to the Oregon State Beavis. Who's going to be there? Well, I think that we it's clear that DJ Uyangalele is going to be their starting quarterback to start the season. Mm-hmm. But the question is, will he retain that the entire season and fight off Aiden Childs? I know you've always loved Aiden Childs. Um, he's still you, a freshman. I mean, he's a true freshman. So I, yeah. I, I've, I, I mean, I, I stay really in tune with high school football. You were on him way before me. Like you turned me on to him. The fact that he's showing up in Oregon State practices as good as you said he was going to be is pretty cool. Um, this coaching staff has uh, – the biggest thing that, that Oregon State has going for them right now is the continuity. They held off a lot of people trying to hire away staff. Um, they have every reason to make this a revenge year. Um, I am absolutely rooting for them to be uh, as successful as they can possibly be. I got to watch DJ Uigagale up close in high school. I got to watch him up close and went to a couple of his games at Clemson. Um, he can't be timid and lead this team to a special season. And he has a real tendency to get um, conservative 
really conservative. Yeah, his confidence had is, gotten broken. And, yes. But the difference and, is, in the Pac-12, when you're 6'5", 250, and you want to go and get those five or six yards running, that five or six yards might turn into a lot more. Um, that wasn't happening for him um, in the ACC. Plus, you were the ACC was having like record-breaking quarterback play from everybody but him. So it just felt like a huge pile on. This is nice to be a fresh start, but is he going to be able to climb them out of a hole with his arm? I don't he, know. He shouldn't dude, have to, though. is San Diego State part of the conference again? Good God. <laughs> no, they are not. And we know they are not because the conference is dead because they weren't able to join. Um, but, so Oregon State plays them week three. But starting with San Jose State, UC Davis, and then San Diego. Well, San, UC Davis has multiple Pac-12 schools on the schedule as well. But the DJ gets a he gets a good land, like a good takeoff, if that makes sense. An opportunity yeah. to have a good takeoff. Oregon State has a good shot to start three and zero. Then they get at Washington State, they and that game 4-0. is that game is incredibly important, way more important than it needs to be. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that, like, uh, September 23rd, Oregon State at Washington State was going to be must-see TV? Well, they got to win that game. Because if they can win that game 4-0, that's going to put them that, – that, that is going to generate so much of the hype surrounding them. And – and but, but here, here's the truth. Here's the truth, Ralph. If Jonathan Smith finishes this team like ten and two, nine and three, and then wins their bowl game, well, actually, he 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 won't be there for the bowl game. Like that's the oh as much gosh. as he loves Oregon <laughs> State. How do you turn down like somebody being like, all right, Jonathan, Jonathan, here's nine million dollars. Oregon oh, State, match right. it, yeah, match it, even and, get and, anywhere and, close. If they're that good at the end of the season, then he goes out on a note in which he will remain a legend forever and ever. Yeah. So it was yeah, he brought them back. I hate looking ahead like that, though. I just realized that right now. Yeah, yeah that's brutal. That's brutal to think about. Because the conference situ- situation. I mean, if Oregon State doesn't find a tenable solution, how are they going to pay their coaches? I mean, it's, it's going to get rough, bro. It's going to get rough. But. I digress. So, uh, but I do like, I mean, obviously their running back uh, with Mar- Martinez is really good. Their defense was was really good. So there's a lot of options, man. There's a lot, a lot but of options. they lost Jaden Grant and Rajon Wright. Is yeah. The, is the secondary going to keep them in games the way that it did last year? Hmm. I don't know about that. I I, I think that that's going to be tough for we find them out September twenty third. Yes, I can't wait for this game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So now we got Arizona, Ralph, and um, high school football season is about to start out there. And uh, man, what is what is going on out there in in your great state of Arizona hometown? Well, it's, um, you know, everything in Arizona high school football. And for for people who don't know, that's, you know, I cover the Pac-12 with George. I used to be the the, uh, managing editor and lead recruiting reporter of Devil's Digest covering Arizona State. Um, but for the last, I think this is year 12, uh, I've covered Arizona high school football. Um, and it's been an interesting year. We got the, the, the number one player in the country, uh, decided to leave and move to Georgia to be closer to Georgia. Some definite arguments about whether or not he's the number one player in the country. I don't think any of the people evaluating him actually came out and saw him in, uh, helmet and pads, um, but you know that, so that was very interesting. One of the number one pass rusher uh, actually decided to stay home and and go to U of A, uh, which is one of the most big time recruits I think that they've ever pulled in. Um, and then we just have you know we got some drama over um, Arizona desperately doesn't want to turn into your home state of California. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's 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 wrong with us out here in California, man? You know exactly what's wrong. No, I, <laughs> do. I don't understand what's wrong. Hey, high school football is the wild, 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 super wild west. Uh, kids out here getting traded like NFTs. <laughs> high school to high school. Arizona's real afraid of that, so they don't grant like common sense transfers. Uh, we had a super unfortunate situation where, where a school uh, in Phoenix proper, South Phoenix, um, went out to a football camp. Um, had a player drown and, uh, and, you know, they're not letting the players leave that team. Um, which is, you know, they're just the, the, the stuff that they're willing to, to do, um, to, to try to hold on to the, to the good old days of Arizona high school football. It's a lot to deal with, man. There's a lot, there's a lot going on, but, uh, the, the, it is talent rich and it keeps growing. And, and, um, with only two, major college football programs in the state, you know, it, it's still going to be ripe for the, for the pickings for every team in the former PAC 12. Um, Dude, I'm I, sure I've, I've thought about this. Talent. I've thought about this. If my son were in a different state, he might be ineligible right now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you, you were at, uh, at Sierra Canyon for a couple of years and, and are at Inglewood now, right? Yeah. Public school, Inglewood. Um, and in the interim, you know, stopped and, and did a semester. Yeah. And uh, had a cup of coffee at Alamany. Yeah. Didn't, didn't play in any games or anything like that. And no. I think that's something that should be taken into consideration, especially at the NCAA, George, what do you think of what's going on with, uh, Tez Walker, Jake Smith, 
uh, the kid out at Florida State where the NCAA is backdating and denying some of these double transfers. Bro, this is bad. And you had this dude on my Twitter trying to tell me, oh, they wouldn't have been approved even if the rules didn't didn't change. And I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like when you look at Jake, oh, what's that? Jake, Jake Smith from USC. Yeah. He went never to played. USC. Never played at USC. Never played. Wasn't on the roster last year. Yes, because they changed his scholarship status. So if the school changes your scholarship status, that would have automatically made you immediately eligible. Should be. Yeah. And then there's Tez Walker, who was at a school coming out of high school. He and COVID. Central, 20, yeah. 20, 20, 20 and 2021 spring season both got canceled. So he never played at NC Central. Yes, because of COVID. So then he transfers. And then tries to transfer again, and they're like, no. You're like, bro, I could, literally could not play at the first place I was at. Literally they're could not for no fault of my own. They're counting NC Central not having football as, you know, him going to Kent State as as a athletically motivated transfer. And, like, but yeah, why do you think he's he's trying to play college football? If you don't have college football, same goes for Jake Smith. If you don't have college football available to you, Going to somewhere that has college football shouldn't count as a transfer. Thank you. Thank you. Even if you were on an athletic scholarship, it should not count as a transfer. There was not football available to you. So you went somewhere where football is available, especially if you get cut. Because the NCAA rules allow for you to get cut. And then, but then they count you as a trans, but then they count that as a transfer. I got cut. I have nowhere else to go. Like you allowed a, a a a because we got a new coach to cut players as many as what well, well how, how many can it do up to 10, 15, however how many is it I think I think I I, I don't know if the limit exists but I, yeah. I I think it's you know they they can come in and basically be like you, you know you don't fit with our culture or like that sprained ankle looks Sayonara. like we're gonna heal yeah Sayonara. <laughs> like, and Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly came in with the axe. Like I, Jack's way caser, Sean Seward's bounced him. Yeah, the guys I knew on the O line, and then they then they struggled with O line depth for a couple of years, which was pretty comical. But like it, you know, Herm Edwards came in to ASU. Herm Edwards cut a dude. Th- this is wild. Herm Edwards came in, and it wasn't just Herm Edwards; it was the whole staff that was out there cutting guys. But Herm Edwards came in and cut a dude that had been committed to Arizona State since he was fourteen years old. He committed to ASU in eighth grade, George, because his dad was college teammates with Todd Graham. He stayed committed to ASU all through high school, enrolled at ASU, went through spring football, had like an interception in the in the spring showcase. Herm Edwards comes in, cuts him, and then he has to make the decision, am I going to stay in school on my athletic scholarship at a place where I really wanted to be in school and I've wanted to be since I was 14, or do I go elsewhere and play? That, that player's name was Lauren Mondi. He ended up staying and getting his degree from Arizona State. But it, it multiple times approached the coaching staff and asked if he could come back, and they said no. Like, it, college football could be a dirty business, and the NCAA yes. needs to realize if you were good enough to be on athletic scholarship somewhere, but a coach comes in and they want to shape the roster their way, that shouldn't be a trans. It's not – what were you going to do otherwise? Again, I want to reiterate, Jake Smith was not on the roster at USC last year. Yes. Not on the roster. Missed all of 2021 due to injury when Clay Helton was still the coach. Lincoln Riley comes in, tells Jake Smith, you're not going to play here. Takes him off the roster completely. If Jake Smith wants to play football, it's got to be at Arizona State. 
And so now he they're going to make him sit for a third year in a row. The That's former wild. national Gatorade player of the year at wide receiver. They're going to make him sit for a third year in a row. Why? What's the point? He's just going to. Well, this is the NCAA saying, well, Arizona, Kansas, uh, LSU, thumb their nose up at us. We have no power. So you know what? We are going to flex our power against the people that we do have power over. Gosh, how crazy would that be if it was like, oh, you know, the NCAA never got around to punishing North Carolina for for their <laughs> wild ass basketball classes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, no. no. They said that they couldn't punish them, that they didn't have basically the jurisdiction, the jurisdiction to be able to punish them for sham classes. So when, when, saying, when the like, exchange of the scholarship is supposed to be for, um, yeah, for what that. If Tez, what if Tez Walker is the player to be named later in the North yeah. Carolina punishment? Because that's what it feels like. You got, you know, I see plenty of people saying, well, if he had gone to Alabama, he'd be fine. Probably not. NCAA is doing this to a lot of kids right now, and I just, I, I don't think it's right. Yeah. Um. Now... You know, talk about the Wildcats now, and you can't make fun of me because they don't have Khalil Tate on the team. He hasn't been there for years. <laughs> All right, so Arizona does have this Arizona team. They are headed in the right direction, buddy. Now, if they can finish this uh, this recruiting class off, Demond Williams committed at quarterback, Elijah rushing for their first five star in the history of the team. Like, that would be incredible. That would be incredible for them to finish off this recruiting class strong because those two kids going there now makes them a threat for all sorts of kids. For the top kids coming out of Arizona, and right now they are the hottest program in the state of Arizona in terms of the buzz, at least out here in California. That Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Especially in California, because ASU's mostly been recruiting Texas. Yep. And so you have um, Arizona, who last year was flirting with a bowl game. Even though we knew they weren't going to make a bowl game. And Jed Fish, what is this, his third year there now? And yeah, and things are going. I mean, they were. At the bottom of the pack, they couldn't have been. It, it, they were like San Diego State, BYU, and Boise State were above them. They got seven <laughs> term- seven by Herm Edwards. Yes. And now, hmm, they look all right. T-Mac at wide out. Jaden Delora coming back. Like he's, it's weird because the way I look at him, is that he's a a program changing quarterback, like in terms of, but he's also not the greatest quarterback that's going to come through there if they continue this up. If that makes sense, that like 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 for instance, Oregon would look at Joey Harrington as an initial program changing quarterback, and then you ended up like Dennis Dixon was almost that, and if his ACL holds up against Arizona. He was going to win the Heisman, and they were going to win the national championship. Then you had Marcus Mariota come. So, but the original was Joey, right? So yeah. Joey was the guy for a very, very long time. I mean, Joey still 
you know, held in very high esteem in Oregon. That, you don't give that credit to Akili? Or how, how far before Joey was Akili? Just just the uh, they were on the roster at the same time. Uh, Achilles okay. just started in '98. Okay, and then in '99, Joey didn't win the job. It was um, oh my AJ Feely, and then AJ got hurt in the beginning of the year, and then that's when Joey started starting after that, and he never relinquished the position. So it was so for. So for Arizona, Jaden is that Jaden could be that Joey Harrington. That that there should be a Marcus Mariota coming after, not necessarily immediately because you know it was like ten years after, but you can get one on the on the way because of the what if what if Fafita's that guy though, dude Noah Fafita who's their backup right now. If he were even six feet tall, he would have been a five star, but he's five nine. Yeah, I do. I do. Here's the deal with Jaden Delora, and we're we're going to get into some hairy territory right now. So send all your comments to I'm mad at unafraidshow.com or tag George Reister because um, I, I feel the way I feel. Uh, Jaden Delora, we've talked about on this podcast for a while now. Struggled at Washington State. Yep. Um, not as a quarterback. Not as nope. a quarterback. He's off the damn good off the field. Off the field. Yeah. Um. Arizona was supposed to be that 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 new start for him. Um, he ends up, you know, uh, he turned the ball over a few times, but he had a pretty decent year. Gets into it with Dorian Singer on the sideline, then Dorian Singer leaves to USC. Some people might connect the dots there. Some people might not just say that that's football. Um, but this offseason, news comes out that in high school, he, him and a teammate were accused of uh, sexually assaulting a girl in a parking garage. Um because that went to juvenile court, um, supposedly they admit responsibility, they apologize, um, but admitting responsibility and having your record sealed in juvenile court does not um, does not constitute a guilty plea. Correct. So, you know, people are saying you know the, the this settlement was made, and Jed Fish is having to answer for it, and Jane Dolores having to talk about it. Pac-12 Media Day, and they say you know I, they. He didn't admit guilt. That's what he wants to have out there. Um, and, you know, it's a it's a situation that he has to be private about because, you know, legally he's not allowed to speak on it and they're moving on from it. We know that he had issues at Washington State. I believe his DUI case got thrown out. Um, but I will say this. At best, Arizona is dealing with a quarterback who in his youth – like to get naked with a male friend of his and have sex in a parking garage at best at best. And, and potentially is working on building his character over time from there. Right. So that's, that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario. You have somebody that actually committed a sexual assault. We're not going to know. Jed fish having to deal with this, the university of Arizona players and staff having to deal with where they sit on it. You know, it's been a long off season. I'm sure that they're excited to just get on the field. I'm pretty uncomfortable with it. I've been uncomfortable with it the entire time. I wonder if Arizona knew if they would have brought him in from Washington State. That's a question that probably those coaches down at U of A are only going to be able to answer in private. Um, See, I I do wonder, and I, I completely understand that there there are false accusations that that exist out there. There's I, I understand all of the, the the dynamics of all of those things. Okay. 
Okay. What I will what I will say is when you combine that with some of the struggles at 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 Washington State with some of the personality conflicts with teammates at Arizona, um it feels to me like the ice is thin and we're talking about Tucson where there is no ice. So, you know, we, we talk about, we talk about U of a being on the verge of a special season. It is all in the hands of a young man who is saying that he's out here, you know, getting his life in order and everything like that. And I want that for him and I want it to be true. Um, but I personally feel like he might've put the coaches in a little bit of a precarious situation. I don't think everybody at U of a knew everything when, when they brought him in. And I do wonder like if he goes out there and he struggles early and he's turning the ball over early, if that doesn't Mm. in some way factor into the motivation to make a change, to open up that next chapter for a guy like Noah Fafita. I don't want that. That's the the thing is that Jaden, Jaden Delora is J.R. Smith. In terms of he will shoot you in a basketball game and he'll shoot you right out of it. And so he's got to get the turnovers cleaned up because Arizona's defense, even though that they should be much improved this year, even though they lost hyphen man to USC. Um, like it's still a problem. It's still a problem. So the offense can't be putting the defense in bad spots because this defense is not, it's going to be nowhere near one of the better defenses in the Pac-12. No. And Jed Fish is out here talking about the O-line being a strength of the team. I haven't heard anybody say that about Arizona in ever. Yeah. So it's going to be, we're, we're talking about 40 to 30, 50 to 40 games if they want to be successful. Exactly. They are going to have to win some shootouts and it means no turn, no excessive turnovers. So, um, so I, with, with their schedule, Ralph, Northern Arizona at Mississippi state, UTEP, will that at what will their record be after three games? I'm going to go two and one. It has to be right. It has to be like this is it's weird that 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 it, it is very, very clear that Jed Fish has done extremely positive things, um, extremely positive things in Tucson, but none of it matters unless they win. And, you know, I don't think Jed Fish is going anywhere. I don't think he has his eyes on any other program. Maybe if they have a 10 win season or something like that, maybe he would make the leap. But man, I don't think so. I, I think I think he's in it. And I think that they have built in a way um, that is uh, healthy. And it is not his fault that they've lost the players they've lost. If USC is going to come shopping in Tucson, you know, they're, they're going to be victimized by that year after year, even after we split conferences. That's just going to be the way that it is. And that is unfortunate. That's why it was so important for them to get the, uh, the commitment from Elijah Rushing. But they started off last year two and one. Mississippi State blew them out. Okay. Blew them out, right? They beat North Dakota State, which I guaranteed would not happen. Two and one is a must. Yes, you did. You definitely did guarantee. I was like, bro, there's no way that you can be picking North Dakota State over Arizona. Man, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We were talking about probably the worst team in all of Power Five against the FCS Bama. And and it, it was a close game, and North Dakota State. Yeah, but it game, proved it proved 
it proved Georgia, you put them in the NFL, they're still losing. Yeah. But here's the thing I worry about. I do think two and one, but it's what they do after that that's going to matter because they started out two and one last year and then they gave up 49 to Cal. They gave up 49 to Oregon. They gave up 49 to Washington. They gave up 45 to USC. They gave up 45 to Utah. That middle of the season was brutal. Had they not beat UCLA, we might be talking about Jed Fish on the hot seat. Damn. No, no. They couldn't put him on the hot seat that that fast. That would be that would be outrageous. That would have meant here's what that would have meant. That would have meant six straight losses leading into the Arizona State game. Six straight losses, giving up an average of like 42 points a game. What do you expect to happen with this team? They have to they they First of all, they got like they got to take care of the ball. The one time that the, the, there was two times in the season where they took care of the ball, two times uh, against North Dakota State, they actually won the turnover battle, which I never would have predicted. And it took them plus four, plus four in the turnover battle to beat Arizona State by three, plus four to win okay. by three. This defense was putrid, and it got rated for its best parts. So I, 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 I would, I would say that like, if you finish the whole season, giving up oh, well over 40 points a game, especially giving up 50 to Cal, George, I don't think Cal could give up 50 to Cal in <laughs> sevens. I don't. Okay. And so, um, you know, I, I just, it, had they not beat UCLA, I genuinely believe this. Had they not beat UCLA, Jed Fish would be in in hot, hot, hot water right now. The wins over UCLA and Arizona State and closing out the season strong, even being respectable against Washington, uh, means that people have a renewed excitement this year. But if they start two and one, great. Um, but, it, you know, what happens after that is is anybody's guess. And this game against Mississippi State's got um, kind of a, a different level to it because now it's, it's happening without Mike Leach, former Pac-12 Washington State head coach Mike Leach passed away. Um, in the off seasons, maybe going to be some different looks there. I doubt they keep everything the same, the air raid, the pirate ship, all that. Um, maybe it's possible they start three and zero. I mean, it, I think they have to go into it with that mindset, but to me, it's everything that happens afterward in the conference. If they can't be competitive in the PAC 12, they're not going to be competitive in the big 12. Maybe they want to turn around and reset. They're going to have more resources. No, there's no way that they reset. Hey, but, but they did get, um, some big other big transfers. They got Justin Flo from Oregon. They got Daniel Himuli from Washington and Oren Pat Patu from Cal. And they got his brother who who uh just committed to Arizona as well. I would like to and I know ASU fans hate when I say this every single time. I would rather because it's chock full of Arizona kids who I watched, you know, at the high school level. I, I I don't mind when Arizona is successful. I'd like to see them be competitive. I'd like to see some of that desert swarm pride um, restored, especially on the defensive end. Okay. That's what I want to see. And I, I just, last year was very, very dejecting watching them give, you know, an average of seven touchdowns a game up to conference opponents. Yes, that I, I can understand the frustration there. Um, now, with their conference schedule at Stanford, Washington, at USC, at Washington State, 
they avoid Oregon. They get Oregon State, UCLA, at Colorado, Utah, and Arizona at Arizona State. So I would say they will lose to Utah, Oregon State, USC, Washington. Yeah, so and Mississippi State probably. So I'm gonna go seven and five. Okay. With a toss up at Arizona. So I'm going to go six and six, seven and five. When you see that September 23rd game at Stanford, do you think that's a truth telling game? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. We are going to find out what these dudes are made of at that point in, point in time because you cannot, in any way, shape, form, or fashion, lose to this Stanford team and think that everything's okay. Especially when your next three games are Washington at home at USC, at Washington State. You can't go into the bio and foreign conference. Yes. Yep, exactly. That you would be a bad one. You don't think they will? No, okay. no, no, no. That'd be, that'd be bad. What's your goal for them? A bowl? Um, yes, yes. That a bowl is the only acceptable outcome this year. Find me six wins. I, okay. Arizona, Northern Arizona, UTEP. That's two. Stanford, three. Colorado, four. Arizona State, five. Ooh. Washington State, six. You think the Jaden Delora... Pullman homecoming is going to go in Jaden Delora's favor. I love it. Um, I think he usually gets a little too emotional in those times, but I think that he's had enough of them that maybe he won't, you know, wet the bed again. How about that? We'll see. We'll see. Who's up next? You're not buying it. <sighs> That's cold, bro. I'm not buying them as the, you know, uh, as a, as a top seven team in the conference, it's going to go to a bowl. I think I think five and seven would be a really good season. I think a bowl is is the goal, but that defense was so bad last year. I don't know. 126 yep. in the country in scoring defense, George. 126. 125 in total defense, 126 in yards per play, 124 in rushing defense. You, you, Gave up you sound like a negative a Nancy. Negative Nancy. I'm just listing facts, man. Just facts. The best that they, the best thing that they had last year was their defense against the long ball, which teams didn't need to do because you could dice them any way you wanted. But there weren't a lot of deep passes on this defense. They were top 80 in the country at that. Well, we shall see how they do. Now, on next, the team that Jaden Delora came from, the Washington State Huskies. Who, Ralph? Wait. <laughs> Huskies, huh? Oh, Lord. The Washington State Cougars. The Cougars. Now, they proved you wrong last year, buddy. You had to eat your damn words. Do you do you remember this? Yeah. I, what I mean, I, I where think I where you were like they are liars. They said they were going to run the ball, and then after that, they came back running the ball down people's necks. That they did, they did make that change. Yes, they were. They really impressed me with their ability to run the ball. Um, 
it, you know, I also thought, and everybody thought they were bringing in an offense in which they were going to throw 45 times a game and be high scoring. And through two weeks, they were two and zero with 31 total points or 41 total points scored. Um, and they did beat Wisconsin though. That was a, that was a feather in the cap, right? Yes. Yes. Ended up Wisconsin ended up firing their coach. <laughs> Because you can't be losing 17, 14 games against Washington State, I guess. A hundred percent. You cannot, under any circumstances, be losing games like that. But Jake Dicker, first full season as head coach, they had um, obviously a really good – they had a really good situation with the quarterback transfer, but – I don't think he's as good as everybody, you know, as everybody projects. I think he's been okay. But this year, though, you know, they are going to have some transfers. They lost a a kicker or a punter. So, uh, Nakia Watson returns at running back after he rushed for 769 yards and nine touchdowns last year. And when I look at this schedule... I'm sitting here like, okay, Cameron Ward obviously has to take a, a major step for next year. Whoa, what do you whoa. like about him? What, what do you, what, after a year of watching him play, uh, you know, he obviously that, that, um, it didn't translate up a level that he was going to throw for 4,000 yards, but what do you like about him? Honestly, I didn't love a whole lot about him. So if we're being honest. Okay. I, I thought I thought he was accurate and I thought he was very good at extending plays. Sometimes I did wonder if his play extension was an inability to find holes in the defense in a in a Pac twelve that was full of really yeah, last he, year. He didn't throw enough on time for me. Like he was pretty good. At improvisational plays and if he had 10 seconds to throw the ball. But the problem is you don't have that like that, that those aren't typical results. Yeah. They had a really good run late in the season, though. They had a really good run late in the season. Then Washington just blew the doors off them. And then their bowl performance against Fresno State is probably the most embarrassing thing I've seen in a really long time. Yes, dude, dude, them against Fresno State. See, but but that's the problem with this team, though, is that there's so much inconsistency with Washington State. Yeah. Do you think that inconsistency is going to is going to dissipate now that both the, the D coordinator left after one year and the offensive coordinator left after one year? Left, left. Brian Ward, that, the D coordinator, took a lateral move to Arizona State. So you're saying that you're not feeling it, is what you're saying. I'm not feeling Jake Dicker, no. Which, pause, but I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are feeling Jake Dicker. When you see him, you're going to feel him. <laughs> I don't know. All right. I think, uh, you know, you, find, you, you, you do find out when you're the man. You find out what works, and he, you know, he has to, he has to, shape things according to 
you know, okay. Eric Morris there. got offered a head coaching job. He's going to take that head coaching job. But Brian Ward took a lateral move. And, you know, they're both defensive coordinators. So maybe it's too many cooks in the kitchen. But now their new OC is 27 years old. Okay. It just, you know, I don't know. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, so now, so now the question is, is so now the question is with their schedule, their non-conference schedule at Colorado State, win or loss? Um, it better Jay be Jay Norvell. Jay, I, I didn't think Jay Norvell might have wanted a shot at this Washington State job, so probably personal for him. Um, I, I think it's a win though. Okay, Wisconsin. That's going to be a huge L. That's going to be a revenge game, in my opinion. North Carolina. I'm North Carolina. Really? Northern Colorado. Uh, a huge, huge win. They're not good. Okay. So now, now you get to the conference play. Oregon State, win or loss? Because you, because we we keep projecting Oregon State to win games that they're they can't win them all. Yeah. I mean, I I think I I would say, I would say a loss. I want to make a Pac-12 prediction that this will be the first time, the first time since conference expansion, Ralph, that we get a team make it through undefeated. Oh, in the last season of the Pac-12. That this is the year that we finally get somebody making it through unscathed. Mm-hmm. I think they might sneak and win at UCLA. Oh, bro, that is you're selling you. Oh man, it's you after won't. a buy. It's just it's after a buy. They get two weeks. Oh before. yeah, yeah, and that's the sort of game that UCLA loses. You are 100 percent right. So I'm gonna go two and one after the non-conference. And then I can see them potentially beating Arizona. Maybe but the same thing I said with Arizona. That's a 50-50 game. 50-50 game at Arizona State. 50-50 game at Stanford. 50-50 game at Cal. 
50-50 game at Colorado, loss against Washington. So that's so if I give them half of their 50-50 games, that gets them to five wins. Or five and a half wins. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of where I see them on the verge of on the verge of being a bull team. But what you know what would be crazy? What would be absolutely crazy is if they bring that Western Kentucky offense in and we see Cam Ward figure it out. Mm. You know uh, that that's the wild card. Is you know I I, I think that Cam Ward was respectable. I think thirty two hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns is respectable. Does that rank in the top ten for like quarterback production at Washington State? Um, in the last 10 years? No, it's probably no. Like the worst. <laughs> like, I, you know, Washington State was throwing out guys that were never going to play in the NFL in a million years, and they were throwing for 50 touchdowns in a season. You know, I think he – I also think he's going to get NFL looks. He looks to me like an NFL quarterback. He really does. Really? I think so. I do. I do. An NFL starter, I don't know. But he. Yeah, I think he has the size. I think he has the arm. I think he has the accuracy. I like that he extends plays. What he's going to run into is was his issue last year an inability to make quick decisions. I think you painted it perfectly. Yeah. And he's switching. I think for the first time he's switching, he's switching offensive coordinators because he came over with Eric Morris to, to Washington state. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think, I don't know. It, it, well, it's they led uh, Western Kentucky led the country last year in twenty plus yard passes. Yes. So maybe that maybe that switch to a vertical offense is gonna is gonna show that Cam well, Ward can actually do. Yes. Uh, now now I do think that that will be the gotcha gotcha that that will be the telltale moment is like oh okay let let's see where this dude is at in terms of a passer. Now on to Cal, our ninth team in the Pac-12 that we are that we have gone over. Justin Wilcox has been there for this is his seventh season, mm-hmm. and their average offensive rank of the sixty-nine Power Five schools offensively is sixty-eight. Sixty-eight, Ralph, and people had the nerve to get mad at me when he was up for the Oregon job and me saying he can't bring his offensive coordinator and he needs some recruiting and that you have to, if you're going to give him the job, he, you have to force recruiting people on him, on the staff. And what is that crazy? No, I mean, I, Justin Wilcox has done an okay job at Cal. Okay. He has been faced with tough circumstances with COVID and the restrictions yes. And, yes. All, and all of that stuff and the alleged admissions issues. But you could have got over the admissions issues, though. But it's it's got to be real tough if you're a Cal fan and you watch them lose six in a row in the middle of last year while Sonny Dykes rattled off when, uh, the season that they did and went to yeah, play. Yeah, but that's Sonny that. Dykes figuring something else out, though. Like that at Cal, he was all offense, zero. I mean, his defense would have ranked 69 out of 69. And yeah, but, but at the TCU same time, take advantage of the fact that like people wanted to transfer in to play for TCU. Who is Cal bringing in when they're turning this roster over? They didn't get very many players to come in 
In fact, they lost quite a bit. People yes. that I thought were going to start their quarterback, who I thought was going to be the starter this year, transferred to an FCS school. Yes, horrible. They lost their best O lineman to Arizona State in Ben Coleman. They lost Spencer Lovell to Kansas. They lost Jackson Brown to Pittsburgh. Everybody bounced on on the you know. So I I don't know. I don't know. Jack Plummer left, so they had two quarterbacks bounce. Yeah, bro. So, so it's really going to be can Sam Jackson from TCU and Jake Spavital. I think I genuinely believe Jake Spavital is the key to whether whether uh, your boy gets fired this year or not. Because Ooh. he's turning his offense over to somebody who was here under Sonny Dykes and moved the ball like crazy. Hey, that might be the answer. That might be the answer, buddy. Is there anybody on this offense that you're like, like any individual player on this offense where you're like, yeah, that's that guy's going to be a dude this year. A dude over at Cal? Offensively? Jeremiah <sighs> Hunter had 965 yards receiving. I'm looking at it and I'm just like, bro, I just don't see anybody. I mean, I don't even know aside from Jeremiah Hunter. Oh, Jaden, Jaden, that's your that's your best case scenario. That Who's that blocking if, for him? huh? Who's blocking for him? Listen, he if he can go for 12, 1500 yards, he's Barry Sanders. They got Auburn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and and Auburn is trending in the right direction. So, well, so let's Yeah. So let's start there, right? Is that Cal their schedule is not friendly at all with Northern well, I guess Northern Texas. That Auburn game is going to be obviously tough, but it is in, but it is at Cal. So, so they will have the home field advantage and the, and the ruckus crowd out there in, in Berkeley. So, you, you know, so I don't know if Auburn will be able to hear the snap counts or not against Cal. And then you got Idaho. So they should go two and one in the non-conference. Then they got at Washington state, I'm so at Washington. At Washington, why? Why am I? Why can't I read right now? Um, at Washington, loss. Arizona State, win or loss. Um, they get them at home in the Bay. I kind of, I kind of like this Cal. I always like Cal defense, though. And they're bringing everybody back, and then I think is Brett Johnson finally back. Yes. Um, after being injured, after missing all last year. I think this defense might put a few people in hell. I would say that I'd say that's a toss up. I, I want to be, I want to be optimistic, but I would say that I would, I, I would say that if I'm an odds maker, I'd give Cal maybe a two, three point uh, margin on the spread. Okay. So then that puts them at three and one. How about Oregon state at home? Yep. Maybe they win. Let's give them. Wow. A Four and one. Okay. At Utah. No. USC. No. So that puts them at four and three at Oregon. No. Four and four. Okay. So then now things are getting Washington State at home. 
give them a give them a half, uh, give them four and a half. <laughs> They okay, might get so, six wins out of this. They might get six wins. That Arizona State game is going to be very important. Yes. And so is the Washington State and Stanford game. Yeah. Yep. Okay. But so, they got to be able to move the ball. They get so their- you – so you – I'm going to go six and six. They could squeak out a seven and five, but they, they're they going to be somewhere between five and seven and seven and five. No better, no worse. I, I think they'll they'll probably keep a couple of games close. Man, they only scored nine on Washington State last year. No wonder they had to make a change. They only, they you remember they lost to Colorado. Yeah. Like how how crazy is it that Colorado twenty to thirteen? You could only it, imagine it's thirteen points against that Colorado defense. It makes me laugh that Cal fans are like looking at their schedule, being like, "Oh, thank God we don't have Colorado this year." Oh. <laughs> uh, Bro. It's really going to come down to Jake Spavos. They should be excited. The defense <laughs> is going to be functional. Justin Wilcox always – he's not ba- hes not a bad coach. He absolutely knows how to put you in yes. positions to be competitive. It's really going to come down to whether or not they can move the football. Do they have the talent to do it? Because yep. they lost a bunch they, – they, they were a net loss by far in the transfer portal. Maybe one of yes. the worst in the entire Pac-12. See, They've had their worst recruiting season in well over a decade. They were – terrible getting high schoolers last year terrible yep that by far the worst of of justin wilcox's career he he he, he's had a couple of uh top 40 classes and then he fell off in 2022 and you can say like oh well maybe that's you know transfer portal they're just getting a bunch of transfers they're not and then you know they have a a bottom third recruiting class last year yep one of the worst in the pack top top 85 so everybody's got to stay healthy. The offense has to make a huge upswing, and the returning starters on defense have to hold it down. Jackson Sermon, Brett Johnson, all those guys. Yep. Now on to the Sun Devils. They have a brand-new head coach, Herm Edwards, out. We we still haven't found out what the NCAA penalties are going to be. I think there should be none at this point because, I mean, uh, a – because because the reality is their biggest penalty is to keep the people in charge that are in charge. <laughs> Ray Anderson staying in charge is the biggest penalty. Michael Crow staying in charge, biggest penalty that you can have, buddy. So uh so I don't want the players who are there now who didn't participate and the coaches that didn't participate then aren't there punished for what other people did. This is probably the biggest wild card in the Pac-12. Because yeah. Kenny Dillingham is 13 years old. He's a good, <laughs> he's a nice guy. But he still got Similac behind his coaching ears. Okay. And sometimes that provides for a great experience and it can work out really, really, really well for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, not so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Arizona State. At, well, And then they have who's going to be their quarterback, Trenton Borgay, or is it going to be uh, Jaden? Jaden Rashada or Drew yes. Pine? But Drew Pine's a little banged up right now. Who would you? Who do you think is going to win the quarterback battle? In my personal opinion, I think they roll with Trenton Borgay. Okay. All right. So now when you look at this – well, I – I'll ask you about Kenny Dillingham first. Is this 
a learning season? Is this feast? Is this famine? What do you think happens? Um, he is not interested in the ramp up or the curve. He's trying to do it all right now. Um, they turned over pretty much the whole roster. They brought in something like upwards of 40 people transferring. They did the exactly what Colorado did, but not with the, the fan. But, but yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like Kenny Dillingham came in and he's like, I'm going to kick a bunch of people out. He came in and it was a bunch of people that was like, man, I, I don't want to even be here anymore. Yeah. Like it was just misery, right? People yes. had been transferring out. We lost, we lost Jaden Daniels. We, we lost uh, Eric Gentry. We lost all these really good players yeah. that we should have had no business. And they had a bunch more program. empty seats than Colorado had. <laughs> like, yes. like yeah. he came we in and only, all the seats we weren't We were only full. at like 67 scholarships anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so so you already needed uh, tw- uh what's what's that eighteen? Yeah, you yeah. already needed eighteen scholarship players to come in, and then you kick a couple a couple out, and now all of a sudden your roster looks like Dion's. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean they you know they they uh, got to Carlos Brooks to transfer in at running back um, from Cal. They got Cameron Scadabo from I believe Sacramento State, one of the leading Big Sky rushers. They got Jordan Tyson from Colorado, the receiver. Um, P.S. Like, what was Colorado doing getting rid of Jordan Tyson and Montana Lamonius Craig? Bro, I thought those were no two players idea. that Dion could have used for his son. For his son, but no. Um, but yeah, so Jor- Jordan Tyson, who I, you know, I, I really like, uh, transferred in. They managed to keep Elijah Badger from leaving the program. They managed to keep Jalen Conyers from leaving the program. Offensive line is a huge question mark. Defensive line is an even bigger question mark. Secondary looks awesome. Receivers look awesome. Tight ends look awesome. Quarterbacks look solid. Running backs look solid. Uh, it's going to be a very strange year because they they have what it takes at almost every position group except for the the hogs <laughs> on both sides of the ball. And what can you what can you even do? What can you even do when your when your team's strength is an O line D line, right? So, um, how do you feel about Kenny? D- this this is my biggest question mark. Most coaches come in and they're an offensive or defensive specialist, right? Yep. Or you're Herm Edwards and you're supposed to be just the personality. But most coaches come in, they're an offensive or defensive specialist, and they maintain dominance over that one side because that's what got them there. He hired Bo Baldwin from Cal Poly, who used to be the OC at, at Cal, didn't work out. Yeah. Um, and he gave the offense away immediately. You think that's smart? Yes. Yes. Why? Trying to be I, a I, young head coach. Trying to be a young head coach and coordinate too, too much. Too okay. much. So he so he so what you do is in that case, you bring in somebody that aligns with you philo- philo- philosophically. And if you can bring in somebody who agrees with you philosophically, then you're gonna have input on what they do. But you guys are already aligned on how you want to play football. Yeah. And I think that that is that 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 doesn't mean that he's not going to be involved in the offense. That just means that he's saying, no, 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 no. You take this job of coordinating. I got to figure out this head coach thing. And then when it comes time to play ball, we'll collaborate. But it's your deal. Yeah. Well, now this schedule. Now this schedule. First three games, Southern Utah, win or lose? Win. Uh, Southern Utah's terrible, even for o- the FCS. Oklahoma State. 
They, uh, I, I think it's a toss up only because Spencer Sanders left Oklahoma State. Why he did a he special, do that? Quarterback. I don't know. Is he even starting? No. Woo. Jackson Dart starting. I don't get it. Fresno State. <laughs> the last time I saw Fresno State, they were they had uh, beaten up on Washington State. Washington State in absolute hell. And the fact that Brian Ward, the D coordinator, is like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like he's so. May, may, I don't know. We'll see. Jake Hayner's gone, right? No more. Yeah, Jake but Hayner. they have some young kids they like. Yeah, uh, that's and that's the tough, third right? game, so they'll know who's their starter and be probably in a groove by then. I'll say toss up. Toss up too. Yeah. So uh, are you going to give them two and one or one and one or, or uh, one and two? I'll be friendly. I'll be friendly and say two and one. But it's USC. <laughs> Pass. Two and two. <laughs> yeah. At Cal. Three, three or two and two. Yeah. At Cal is the tough one. I think I, I'm, I'm going to give them a loss. Okay. Two and three. At Cal. I'm sorry. Home for Colorado. Uh, sorry, Ralphie. It's three and three. Yeah. At Washington. Yeah, revenge game. They're going to lose. Three and four. Washington State. They'll win that one. Four and four. At Utah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Everybody laughs when Utah comes. No. No. Yeah. Especially yeah. late in the year. Yeah. At UCLA. Um, Don't do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to them. Five and five. Oregon. No. Arizona. I think they win. Six and six. I think they're a six win team. Yeah. Okay. That man, hey. now the Fresno State game is so important. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Everything, everything in your prediction hinges on the Fresno State game. Yeah. A bowl game hinges on the Fresno State game. Do you know why though? Look at look at their schedule. What do you notice? What do you notice? That's eight home games. Eight. Yeah, that's a lot of home games. That huh. does make it significantly easier. And ticket revenue going to be through the roof. I hope so. I hope so. There's still people who are mad. There's still people who are real mad. And then four of those games come before October, which means you got to be sitting out there in 105 degrees. I hope people show up. I hope people show up. I think it's going to be more fun than it has been. Because even when Herm was winning, you're talking about 10-7 games. And that was tough. Yep. Yeah, fans get excited for points. Now, the 11th team in the Pac-12, Colorado. Okay. There's been no horrendous team that has ever been talked about more than Colorado. <laughs> true, true. They sold out their spring game. They got their uh, they got their uh, scrimmage put on ESPN. Yeah, they, this is the okay. this is let, definitely the media darling of the conference. Let me explain Williams to you played at Colorado. how bad Colorado has been. From 85 to 2005, that's 20 years, 21 years, excuse me. They had three losing seasons in 21 years. And from, and from 2006 to 2022, 17 years, they had 15 losing records. Mm -hmm. 15 in seven years. Bro, that is no bueno. That is no bueno at all. And Dion come comes in, brings all this luggage, all of this stuff. I would say for everybody in the country's sake, 
they better not let Dion mess around and find a way to win six games this year. If he finds a way to win six games, it this this is going to go insane. This if is going Dion to win six games. If Dion wins six games and Florida State wins eleven, they still might fire Mark Norvell to bring Dion in. Like that's how that that's how unlikely it is for Colorado to to have that level of a come up. You know what this team reminds me of? You got these teams out in California where uh, ten guys lying. on defense have offers, right? Yeah. And then they give up forty points. But then you go back and look at the huddle, and every single one of those kids with ten offers has like three highlight plays, like big time highlight plays. Yeah. I think that's how that defense, this defense, is going to be this year. Oh, to where they're a collection of like everybody shines at a second. They just don't all do their job at the exact same time. Yep. That makes sense. Starting corners might be Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean. Those are the two best corner prospects in the country coming out of of high school. Yep. They've got three linebackers that were all like four and five stars that transferred in. One from Clemson, one from Bama, one from Florida State. Uh, (laughs) Dude, this defense... I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching every single snap of this defense. Whether they, you know, they can only get better. They were the worst defense in the country, regardless of of Power Five Group of Five last year. Yep. Worst in scoring defense. Worst in points per play. Second to worst in total defense. Second to worst in yards per play. Worst in third down conversion percentage. Fifty three percent. Jesus. Worst in <laughs> rushing defense. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they were they were a hundred. George, they were 113th in passing defense, and teams weren't passing on them. Yes. Because they didn't need to. Bro, this team is ranked in in explosive plays, completion percentage, quarterback ranking, yards per play, total defense. The best that they are in any of those categories is 112th. The best. And most of them are 120-something or worse. And and the and that 112 is explosive pass, which is a thing your opposition doesn't want to do when they're up 40. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they were so bad. Yes, how Cal lost to them is embarrassing. Now this I still schedule, think they're going to give up like 30 points a game this year, but I think they were so much fun to watch. Okay, so now this schedule, Colorado game at TCU, loss. I don't know. That'd be so cool. Dude, it is so it oh my gosh, because TCU, they're they've lost so much. (laughs) They lost so much. And last year was one of those special seasons. Colorado might win this game. I don't know. It's it dude. I was like that. I was for so long, I was like, yo, they'll be lucky to win four games this year. But now I'm looking at this schedule and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know how good TCU is. And my, my issue is that it's the first game of the season, and regardless of the turnover that TCU has had, they had those extra games, extra practices last year. This is going to be like Colorado's going to be jumping onto a treadmill that's already set on eight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, so and, and, and Dion's going to have to get his telling. footing. He's going to have to get I think it's going to take him a l- little bit to adjust to FBS ball after FCS ball. Like, there, yeah. there, there's a difference. Some stuff works. Some stuff don't work. Colorado, uh, Nebraska. Ooh, delicious. Who's supposed to be back? Delicious. Allegedly. How many red? uh, First of all, people are selling tickets because of Dion, but Nebraska fans will mortgage their shack 
they will more they will oh mortgage their shack to get a seat in Folsom. So that game is going to be so fun. Uh, All right. So I who like, do you have in that game? I like Nebraska. Dude, he might win one of these. I mean, he might. And then the next game is against Colorado State. Who do you who do you have? They'll get it. It'll drive Jay Norvell nuts, but but Colorado's gonna win. Dude, what if what if they mess around and go three and zero to start the season? Then everyone's gonna be trying to get Pac twelve network. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next game at Oregon. That's a loss. The, yeah, that's a pounding. Uh, USC. I'm going to be goofy here and say that that's USC's one loss all year. If you don't stop, if you don't stop, stop joking with us. No, seriously. It would be fun. It would be fun, but that really wouldn't be <laughs> no, that No, that's fun. a loss. That's a loss. The only way that would be fun is if they started out 3-0 three, three and oh, and then yeah. were 4-1. That would be yeah. the only way that would be fun. Yeah. Um, at Arizona State. They will be in hell. <laughs> so you're starting to buy into the Dion, bro. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, I think they will be one by the, I think by the time they get to the Stanford game, I believe they'll be one and five. Oh, God. Oh, they're not dude, the they're, not winning, on- they're not winning in Sun Devil on October 7th. Okay. Nobody um, is winning because you have to be there in that heat on October 7th. Stanford. I hope that's a day game. Uh, they'll win. All right. So that gives them two wins in your book. Yeah. Then they have a bye at UCLA. No, but that's stuff. That's tough for UCLA. That they have multiple teams coming out of buys. Oregon State loss. Arizona loss. Washington State loss. Utah. Come on, man. <laughs> At Utah, no. They're two and ten. Two and ten. No, no, oh, Ralph. Really good. Two and ten. You mean two and ten better than one and eleven Arizona? Yes. Like, 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 way better than that team, though. Like the best two and ten team of all time. <laughs> two and ten, two and ten with 13, 14 future NFL players on your roster, bro. How does Dion re- recover from two and ten? He can he can go He's five Dion. and five and seven, and that'll be a win. He's going to have a top fifteen recruiting class, both transfer and there i promise he will kick all of these kids to the curb again (laughs) that's funny that would be so funny and he'd reload anyway i he's 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 magnetic bro i'm telling you i think they go two and ten and next year i think they're like eight and four okay all right stanford okay when has stanford ever been talked about last in the pac-12 Oh man, David Shaw got out right in time, didn't he? Yes. You might say he got out two years, three years too late, but Nah, he got that he got that check. Yeah. They were he, awful for a long time before Harbaugh and Shaw. Yes. They didn't take care of the ball last year. That was uncharacteristic. The only game where I felt like they weren't at least competitive, even if the scoreboard um, ah, that run with UCLA, Washington State, Utah was pretty bad, and then losing to Cal. Whew. Yeah, Stanford is even with their new head coach Taylor, right? Yeah, I don't know what to make of them. Their their roster is just 
consistently in flux. Their transfer portal situation is not tenable. At least their non-conference, they got two winnable games in at Hawaii and Sac State. Are you ready for Air Raid Stanford? Because that's what we're about to get. My brain doesn't understand. It, I, neither do I. I. I mean, for for years, we've been talking about intellectual brutality is broken. But it would be like, Stan, I mean, that's actually on par for Stanford to be like, well, look, we stunk. So let's do something completely new. Innov- innovation, baby. And they, but but the most innovative thing they better do is get a running defense because they had the worst rushing defense in all of the Power Five. That is true. They also turned the ball over at a rate that was um, unbelievable last year. Like to think about the fact they probably should have beat USC in Week Two, but they were minus four in turnovers. I mean. <laughs> Man, they were Dude, bad, bad. You can't win games minus four in the turnover battle. You can try as you will, try as you might. But but especially when you're talent deficient, it's not going to happen. So with this schedule at Hawaii, Ralph. Okay. They're winning that game, I think. Okay, 1-0 at USC. Uh, it's going to be brutal, man. Okay, Sac State. They will win. Sac State is now being victimized by the transfer portal. Yeah, and their coach came from Sac State. <laughs> so, two and one. A- Arizona. That's a loss. Two and two. Oregon. Loss. Two and three. At Colorado. I I I think that's a loss. I I don't, I don't No, you get you gave Did I give it to him? Yeah, you gave can that both, game to Stanford. Can both teams lose? Damn. <laughs> so that's I'm kidding. All right. So I, I'm trying to keep track. Then Stanford will beat Colorado, yes. So that's three and three. UCLA. Loss. Three and four. Washington. Loss. Three and five. At Washington State. Loss. Three and six at Oregon State. And they will lose. They're losing. Three and seven. Cal. Loss. And Notre. Never mind. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So so you got them at three and nine. Yeah. With, and uh, the win over Colorado will probably put Colorado last in the conference, I guess. So is they so so where where would they rank all time for three and nine teams? Is this a good three and nine team, or is this just still a bad team? No, it's it'll be a bad it'll be a bad team for sure. It will not be it will not be good. Um, I am curious to see uh, you know the what's going on with the with the quarterback battle. Um, they they still are running a three team con or a three three player contest. Um, you're familiar with Ari Patu, right? Yep. Ashton and his Daniels dad from- played together at Oregon. Saw Patu. Okay. He's probably the, your most athletic option, right? And and his two brothers are at Arizona. Well, one brother's at Arizona, just transferred from Cal. Then his other brother just committed to Arizona. 
Yeah. Um, I, Ashton Daniels is an interesting one for me because he played out at Buford in Georgia and they don't throw ever. That's where Dylan Riola is now the, you know, the guy who everybody thinks is the number one player in the country. They don't throw. And so him, you know, going into a, an air raid concept is, is going to be really interesting to me. I've heard nothing but good things about Ashton Daniels, but if it was, it, I went in thinking it was going to be between Ari Patu and Justin Daniels and, what seems to be coming out of Stanford camp is that Justin Lamson is going to win this job. Justin Lamson, Justin Lamson. Okay. And so he, is, is that good for them or bad for them? Uh, this is a high school, all state safety who is uh, from El Dorado, who is playing quarterback. He's big. He's a good athlete. Um, he played at Oak Ridge. I don't know if you ever saw him. No. Um, but he was out at he was out at Syracuse. He he his transfer was recent. Um, I'm gonna be honest, man. He he is really the uh wild card for me. Brandon Huffman, when he was coming out of high school, said that he reminded him of Colson Yankoff. Didn't Colson Yankoff switch positions? Yes, he did to tight end. So we might have we might have we might have ourselves another oh, what was the boy from uh, from uh, we might have ourselves another Jake Locker situation. Bro, that would be. <sighs> I would love it. I would love it. As far as college football goes, if you can go out there be a Tebow, be a Jake Locker, and just out athlete people and be big and strong and fun. Uh, what the hell, you know, but uh, that's what the news that's coming out of Stanford makes it really seem like a guy that we didn't think was going to be in the mix is going to win this thing. And that makes me wonder, you know, is Ari Patu going to stick around? Is Ashton Daniels going to stick around? Cause I oh. think both those guys would be in high demand. Yes, they definitely will be. And uh, we will see how Stanford finishes up, but uh, we are what next week. Next week, we uh, we got a preview show next week, Ralph. Yeah. A preview show because we got football on the 26th. Wait, wait. No, that's not. Yeah, that's nine days from now. Yes, yes, yes. Um, You guys, though, we still got um so much to go. And thank you guys for joining us on the Pac-12 Apostles. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The wait is over. The shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.